Lord, I salute you all in the matchless name of our Lord Jesus Christ, who was and who is and is to come. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He changed not. And I always say this, as unchangeable as he is, so are his purposes concerning us. God's plan for your life does not change based on how you live or what you do. His plan is still there. And if you, no matter how far you have strayed away from God's will, if you can but come to your senses and say like the prodigal son, that how many of my father's high servants have bread enough to spare, I will arise and go back to my father. You can pluck yourself back into the will of God for your life. It doesn't matter how far you have gone. As long as you have life, there is hope for you. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter how far you have fallen. It doesn't matter how far you feel you have drifted away. There is no depth that the love of God is not deep enough to bring you out of. There is no place you can hide away from the love of the Father. He loves you so much. And his plan, as long as you have life and you breathe on this earth, is to connect you to the totality and fullness of his purpose for your life. Hallelujah. So that his purpose will prosper in your life. And that is why we preach God's word. Through the preaching of the word of God, you can be connected back to your source. Hallelujah. You can be connected back to that plan, that agenda, that mind, that intention that God had when he brought you forth in Christ Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen. Yes, you can. You can be plugged back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Before the word comes, I want to so, I know most of us know you can join me in it. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand had provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, to Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning, new mercies I see, all I have needed. Thy hand that provided, great is thy faithfulness, always to me. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. You see, our Father is faithful. Our Father is faithful. The Bible says that even when we are not faithful, He remains faithful. Why? Because He cannot deny Himself. He cannot deny Himself. Therefore, He remains faithful to you unto the end. And therefore, as a believer, you should never wake up in the morning worried, distressed, discouraged, frustrated, never. Because the faithfulness of God unto you is sure. What what is the blessing of the surety of God's faithfulness in your life? I'll tell you, dearly beloved, I'll tell you. The blessing of the surety of God's faithfulness in your life is that every word of promise he has spoken to you is going to come to pass. He's going to honor his word in your life. Hallelujah. He has said that I will never leave you nor forsake you. He's going to be there. Meaning that he will not depart an inch from you. Sometimes you go through stuff and you feel as though God is far away. He's not. He's right there by your side. And I always tell people, 
when you are going through the heat of the moment and you feel as though God has forsaken you, He's there, He's watching you. He's just watching and saying, I want to see what my, how my daughter or how my daughter is going to handle this situation, but He's right there. He's right there, supplying you the grace to handle that situation. Hallelujah. The Bible says that no temptation will befall us that is greater than us. But in all, God will provide a way of escape. That way of escape is a grace is provided unto you. Everything you go to, there is grace for you. Hallelujah. That will be assured of God's faithfulness. As a child of God, your heart shall rest at peace. You understand? You should have confident trust in the faithfulness of God. Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. As he was with Abraham when he made promise to him, so shall he be with you. The Bible says that when he made promise to Abraham, he could not swear by anyone greater. So he swore by himself that in blessing I will bless you. Hallelujah. The Bible says that when Abraham had patiently waited, he obtained the promise. Hallelujah. And sometimes the only thing we need is to patiently wait on the Lord. One of the proofs of faith is patience. Any man that is walking in true faith exhibits or manifests patience in his life. Anybody who is not patient, is, anybody who is not patient, it means that there is a lack of faith or doubt is creeping in. That is when you become so giddy and you become, you, 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 you lose your rest in Christ. And you, you become restless and, and you begin to fall into the flesh and you want to take things into your own hands and do things. You know, but when there is faith, you are patient. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We give God praise. But tonight I want to share something with you from Christ. You know, when Jesus was leaving, he did not leave us in the care of a pastor. Jesus did not leave us in the care of the government. Hallelujah. There were so many governments in the earth that were powerful at that time. But Jesus did not leave us in the care of those governments. No. Jesus left us in the care of somebody called the Spirit of Truth. Hallelujah. Amen. Spirit of Truth. And his assignment in our life was that he was supposed to be our comforter. Allos paracletos. That is one of the same kind. Hallelujah. So the spirit of truth was simply Jesus walking by your side or Jesus living inside you and walking by your side. He's the spirit of truth. That is Jesus' own spirit. He's given unto you. Amen and amen. And his assignment was to lead you into all truth. Who is the embodiment of truth? Christ Jesus. Amen. So the work of the spirit of truth in your life is to testify about the truth to you. That is to testify about Christ. And anybody that has the spirit of truth in him testifies about Christ. So when we preach, we preach Christ. That's why Paul said, him we preached. Hallelujah. I love what Paul said. He said, him we preach. We, 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 we don't waste our time talking about ourselves or you know, talking about things that don't matter. We preach Christ Jesus and Him crucified and Him resurrected and how that in Him you would have life. Hallelujah. We preach Christ Jesus the way, the truth, and the life. Why? Because the spirit of truth dwells in us. And by that spirit of truth we testify to the truth, which is Christ Jesus. Uh, anytime you hear a message from the pulpit, which is a worldly message, it means that the spirit by which that person is testifying is the spirit of the world. And the spirit of the world will testify of the world. Hallelujah. And start to say the spirit of the world has entered into the mouth of certain people. Sometimes they mount pulpits. You hear them on the radio. You see them on the television. They entice you to set your precious faith not on heavenly glories but things on this earth and to pursue them with all your heart. They try to convince you that the proof of your faith in Christ is the acquisition of, th of, th of things of this life. But the Bible says that where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. The spirit of truth testifies of Christ. It testifies of the glories of Christ. Hallelujah. 
And today we are going to learn something very important. You know, Jesus, our Lord, before he left the face of the earth, prayed for us. He prayed for us. And that's where we are going to take our lesson from, lesson from today. John chapter number 17. John chapter number 17. And we are going to try and study, go through the entire chapter and see what Jesus was communicating with the Father concerning us. If Jesus ever prayed to the Father, I want to know what he said concerning me. Hallelujah. I want to know. I want to know. And here it is written in black and white for us. Jesus praying to the Father. This is the Lord's prayer. Hallelujah. The Lord's prayer to the Father concerning us as believers. Let's read John chapter number 17. Verse 1, I read it. The Bible says that these words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen to the words. You see how Jesus prayed. Look at the character of the words of Jesus when he was in prayer to the Father. The Bible says he lifted up his eyes to heaven. That means that Jesus knew that nothing on this earth could suffice him. Hallelujah. So he lifted up his eyes unto a heaven, unto his father, and he made his supplication unto his father. Hallelujah. Is that father? The hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh. Listen to the words of Jesus. As thou hast given him power over all flesh. That means Jesus has power over all flesh. All flesh. He did not say only believers or only Christians. All flesh. That unbeliever who hates you so much. That sometimes you wish as if some fire from heaven will come and devour him away. God loves. Jesus has power over him also. That which in your family, who you are so afraid of, you never want to visit your village again. Jesus has power over her too, or him too, if he's a wizard. Hallelujah. That person you are so afraid of, Jesus has power over him. Hallelujah. And thou has given him power over all flesh. That he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given unto him. So what is the chief purpose for which God gave Christ power over all flesh? So that by that power, Christ can break every satanic hold on the life of any man here on the earth. And give unto him that precious gift that God has given unto us, which is eternal life. Hallelujah. Christ can give you eternal life when you are still under the clutches of the enemy. When you are still in bondage to the enemy. So he sets you free. Hallelujah. The Bible says that if the Son shall set you free, you shall be free indeed. Amen and amen. So he sets you free and he gives unto you what? Eternal life. Eternal life. That is the greatest gift God has given unto us. And the only person that can give this gift is Christ. Because he's the only one to whom power has been given over all flesh. The devil does not have power over all flesh. No. He only has power over those who have submitted themselves to him. Amen and amen. The devil does not have power over you. Some believers think the devil has power over them. They are so afraid of the devil. So afraid of demons. So afraid of witches and wizards. So afraid. Unless they do not hear somebody come tell them that there is a witch who is fighting your life. They will start praying all kinds of fearful prayers. Sometimes when you go to these all night meetings where people are praying. Just listen to the content of their prayer. You might stand back and think they are so prayerful. Just listen to the content of their prayer. They are fighting so hard, cast binding and losing for five hours binding. Why? Because they are so afraid of demons. Hallelujah. But the Bible says that if God be for you, who can be against you? No, no, no. Listen, this is the reasoning of Paul. This is how Paul, you see, one of the things as a you 
lose your the power of your reason. When you come into Christ, you should not abandon the function of your gumption. That is, do not abandon the use of your mind. Christ has touched your mind. So use the power of your mind. Hallelujah. That is, use it to reason through the promise of God. And use it to reason through eternal truth. And Paul was doing that when he said, he asked this, if God be for me or be for us, who? That's the question. So in your life, you should be able to answer that question. Is there any power greater than the power of God? That question you should answer in your life. If there is no power greater than the power of God, then you should not be afraid of anyone. Because that greatest power, which is God's power, is the power that is keeping you. The Bible says that we are kept by the power of God through faith. Hallelujah. There is a power that is keeping you. Obi, there is a power keeping you. Ben, there is a power preserving your life. Marin, there is a divine power at work 24-7 preserving your life. You don't have to pray that, oh God, protect me. No, he is protecting you. Hallelujah. You see, you should walk in that living faith daily. You wake up from bed and you know God is with you. As you step out, you know he's with you. You know, the spirit of God dwells inside of you. When you step out, you wherever you go, you go with him. And his power is keeping you. Live in that consciousness of faith every day. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If God be for you, who can be against you? Forget how they are scheming and they are planning and they are conniving and condoning and doing their secret meetings and all those. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because in the end, God will set the table before you in the presence of your enemies. Hallelujah. Amen. Even if they throw you into the lion's den, when they come to look for you, you will say to them, O king, live forever. Amen and amen. Listen, there is a great power that is keeping you. It is the power of God. Amen and amen. Let's, let's continue our, our scripture. And that has given him power over all flesh. All flesh. That he should give. That means there is nothing outside of the control of Christ. Even though, you know, people have their own will and they act on their own will and they do what they want to do. Because God never wants us to be robots. Christ still has power over all flesh. And someday he's going to silence all flesh. And all flesh will bow their knees to him and confess that indeed he is Lord. So let the atheists make their argument. Let the agnostics continue to halter between two opinions. It doesn't matter. Christ has power over all flesh. Sometimes I have conversations with my atheist friends. And you know they, they begin to, they think God is man. And they think God must reduce himself to the level of their reasoning and give them proof for which he exists. What foolishness is that? Nowhere in the Bible does God try to prove himself that he exists because that's a foolish question to ask. So he says, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. They don't know that Christ has power over them and he does. Amen and amen. And the purpose is that he may give eternal life to as many as thou hast given unto him. That means that to receive eternal life, God must give you to Christ. That's what the Bible says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. You see, your entire salvation was not even of yourself. It was not of yourself. He says, I chose you. You did not choose me. When you gave your heart to Christ, it was not you choosing Christ. God chose you in Christ even before time began. And he gave you to Christ. That's what Jesus said. All them that you've given to me, none will be lost. Hallelujah. That is why the Bible Amen. says that we are, not, we are not of them that turn back unto perdition, but we are of them that continue to believe unto salvation. Why? Because as the elect of God, there is a preserving power. There is a keeping power. There's a keeping grace that will sustain you to the end. Hallelujah. You will finish the race in glory. In the name of Jesus. Amen. The race in glory. In the name of Jesus. Amen.
Now, let's look at verse 3. Verse 3 is a, it's a verse we have discussed so much in our meeting. The Bible says that, and this is eternal life, Jesus defines this, that they might know thee, the only true God, the only true God. And it's very important, Jesus said, because there were many other gods. There are many other gods. Sometimes atheists make the argument that, well, how can you say that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is the only true God? Well, there are other gods like Zeus and Vishnu and Krishna and different other gods. They begin to mention all those gods. So how can we know that, that your God is the only God? Well, all these gods, we know where they came from. Hallelujah. We know where they came from. They are the history. But our God is the very beginning and he's the very end. Amen and amen. And if he's there, the question is, has he revealed himself to us? He has, in the person of Christ. And the greatest proof that Christ is indeed the Son of God is his resurrection from the dead. That's what the Bible says, that if Christ had not resurrected from the dead, our faith will be futile and will still be in our sins. Hallelujah. The resurrection stands in history as the proof of God for all men. Amen and amen. Because nobody has died and resurrected. Nobody. Resurrected by their own power. Nobody. Nobody. Amen. Hallelujah. He's the only true God. And Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. I told you the other time that Jesus is the only begotten of the Father. He was with the Father at the beginning. And by him, God made all things. And he sent him into the world that he may give eternal life to as many as the Father will give him. Hallelujah. Now listen to verse 4. Listen to what Jesus said. He said, I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work thou givest me to do. Wow. Look at the thinking of Christ. This is how Christ understood how to give glory to God. You know, sometimes we think, we give you glory, we give you honor, we give you everything we are, lifting our hearts and hands before you, we give you glory. How do we give glory to God? Is it by singing? Is that how we give glory to God? Is it by clapping, jumping? Jesus tells us how to give glory to God. Jesus says, I have brought you glory here on the earth, or I have glorified thee here on the earth, how I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. Hallelujah. Brethren, if we are going to glorify God here on this earth, if the glory of God is going to fill the earth, we must be busy about the work we have been given by God. And the first question is, we have to know what work has been given unto us. Because Jesus knew the work that was given unto him. So Jesus said, the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. He identified this purpose, his assignment, the work that was given to him in heaven before he came on the earth. And you and I have also been given a job. You and I have also been given an assignment. Here on the earth by God. Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. Meaning the same assignment that was given to Christ has been given unto us. So we continue in that same assignment. Hallelujah. What is that assignment? Seeking and saving the lost. Amen. That is your assignment here on the earth. You know, I hear a lot of people, discover your purpose, discover your purpose, 13 steps to finding your purpose, 15 steps to discovering the will of God for you. God for your life is to seek and save the lost as a Christian. The will of God for your life is the ministry of reconciliation. The will of God for your life is to disciple the nations. The Bible says that go into all the world and preach the gospel. Then that believe, baptize. Baptize them in the name of the Lord. And it says, teaching them to observe, to do all that I've commanded thee, for I am with you even unto the end. He said, make disciples of all nations. That is our assignment. That is the work. And as we fulfill that work, we glorify God in heaven. Hallelujah. You see why you should not be you should not be praying raining down fire 
on that your auntie you think is a, is a, is a witch in your house. Because as you preach the gospel to him and she is saved, God is glorified. Hallelujah. The Bible says that God does not delight in the death of the wicked. So why are you seeking their death? Seek their salvation. Amen and amen. You have become a life-giving spirit now in Christ. That should be your obsession. That should be your occupation. You have one occupation in Christ. That is the ministry of reconciliation. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work thou gavest me to do. Brethren, have you started the work God gave you to do? Have you started it? Jesus finished it and he said, I've given you, I've brought you glory. Have you started it? You might be saying, well, Pastor Sam, you know, I'm not so knowledgeable in the scriptures. Why can't I preach to somebody? No. Brethren, no matter how small you think you are, God can still use you. There's a song we used to sing. Hear the voice of Jesus calling. Who will go and work today? Fields are white and have the waiting. Who will bear the sheep away? Loud and clear. Master calls you. You You certainly. Who will I so gladly saying, Here am I. Send me, send me. Listen to the second verse. If you can. Not speak like angels, if you can. Not preach like Paul, you can tell the love of Jesus. You can say, he died for all. If you cannot rouse the wicked, with the judgment dreads alarms, you can lead the little children to the Savior's waiting arms. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And listen to the third verse. If you cannot be a watchman, Standing high on Zion's wall, pointing out their path to heaven, offering life and peace to all. With your prayers and your bounties, you can do what God commands. You can be. Life's faithful Aaron holding up their prophet's hands. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, even the last verse is what touches. It says, Let none hear you idly saying, There is nothing I can do. While multitudes are dying and their master calls for you, take the task he gives you gladly. Let the work your pleasure be. Answer quickly when he calls you. Here I am. Send me. Send me. Hear me. Brethren, let none hear you idly say. Let us not hear you in faith generation saying, there is nothing I can do. That word, those words should never come out of anybody's mouth in faith generation. Hallelujah. Because there is so much to do in the kingdom. So much. Just call Pastor Sam and say, Pastor Sam, I want to be of service to the Lord. And I'll show you how to be of service to the Lord. Amen and amen. amen. There is so much you can do. There's so much you can do. So much you can do. With your time, your treasure, and your talent. Look at all the blessings God has given you in your life. How are you using those? Those things God has blessed you with. 
to fulfill the task, that great and heavenly task God has given us in Christ Jesus. Brethren, the only way we bring glory to God here on the earth is by completing, finishing the assignment God has given unto us. Hallelujah. Amen. That's why generation we have one resolve. Now as we are preparing ourselves in the truth of God's word, we will always step out there. A time is coming, and I keep saying this, and I always say, a time is coming, we will just be traveling around. You know, teaching men the truth of God's word, discipling the nation. The nations you are praying for now, we are going to go there. We are going to go there. Hallelujah. I remember on this, my, my trip when I was in Dubai, I looked around, I didn't see any church. I was checking online. There are churches there, but they are not so conspicuous. And Ben said something, he said, Pastor Sam, you can start a church in Dubai. I said, yes, Ben, I can. I'm only there for three days, though. See? But we'll be going to all these places. All these places. There are some places that are so hard to reach. We'll go there. But we have to begin first in our backyard. Hallelujah. The way we are now. We have to fulfill the call where we are now. Where we are now. Hallelujah. There are some people you want to talk to. They don't want to listen to you. Pray for them. Spend time praying for them. It's part of the call. It's part of the assignment. Pray for them. That some way, somehow, God will open their eyes. Because the Bible says that if our gospel be hid, it is hidden from them. For whom the God of this world had blinded their eyes that they may not see the glorious light of the gospel in the face of Christ Jesus. The devil of this world, the God of this world, who is the devil, has blinded their eyes. Pray that that blindness will be lifted. That they will see. Hallelujah. Instead of talking about them. Instead of gossiping about them. Instead of complaining. Pray for them. Hallelujah. Pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for that person. Pray for them. Let them see the light. They are behaving that way because another spirit is controlling them. They are not of themselves. The God of this world are blind. The God of this world. How can a woman, a young woman, give her body as a prostitute to several men? You think it's normal? You think it's just because of money? No. It's not just because of money. It is something else controlling them behind the scenes. It's not normal. You think they just wish they would do that? No. Brethren. Oh, There's so much to do. So much to do. So much to do in the house of God. Ah, I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. Hallelujah. Now look at verse 5. It says, Jesus still prays. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thy own self, and with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. This is the understanding of Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father was his glory. So he said, glorify me with yourself. That is why the psalmist said, that thou art my shield, my glory, and the lifter up of my head. Do you know that God is your glory? Do you know God is your glory? Why do you seek glory in other things? Some seek glory in riches, so they boast in riches. Some see glory in academics, so they boast in academics. The academics is your glory. But this glory is fading. Hallelujah. There is a glory that abides forever. It is the glory of God's word. It is the glory of God himself. That's what the Bible says. As we behold in a mirror. As in a mirror. We behold the glory of God. And we are changed into that same glory. That same image. The image of God is your glory. That's why right from the beginning, God said, let us make man in our own image and in our own likeness. In Christ Jesus, now you've been recreated in true righteousness and holiness to look like him. He is your glory. Hallelujah. Every day remind yourself of that. God is my glory. That's why the other time I said, put on the Holy Ghost like a perfume. He is your glory. So he never boasted in things of this life, even though he had them. 
Amen and amen. God is going to bless you abundantly in your life. I'm telling you, some of you, you'll be filthy rich in this life. You will be. I'm telling you, you will be filthy rich. But you see, you understand that those riches are not your, they are not, they are not the things in which your glory is found. So you're not boasting them. And people will wonder at you. That this rich man, he's so rich but he serves God with all his heart. He's so rich but he's traveling the world preaching the gospel. And they will just wonder how you're using all your riches to serve the kingdom of God, to serve the risen Christ. And they will wonder at you. Why? Because you found that there is a glory that surpasses riches of this life. And that glory is God himself. God said to Abraham, I am your shield and exceeding great reward. When we get to heaven, the reward we are receiving is God himself. Not the streets of gold. I don't want streets of gold. I don't want, I want God himself. Hallelujah. Because where God is, is where heaven is. I don't want to be in heaven if God is not there. One man of God says something beautiful I love. He says, imagine going to heaven. You have all the glories you ever wanted. Streets of gold, pearly sea. You have everything. No more tears, no more sorrow. Your loved ones are there. But God is not there. Are you going to be happy? So the psalmist said, whom have I in heaven but you? Whom have I in heaven? In heaven the angels are not what I seek after. My heart is not to behold angels. No. My heart is to behold him. That is the risen Lord. Hallelujah. Because he is my glory. Say with me, God is my glory. Hallelujah. Oh, you are not saying it with conviction. You are saying it as if you don't believe it. Say it with conviction. God is my glory. God is my glory. Baby, if you are not convinced about this, what else are you convinced about in the faith? Tell me. If you are not convinced about this. Huh? Then it means something else is your glory and we have to find out. And I will make sure I cast it out of your life. Hallelujah. Because <laughs> by the time nothing else is your glory, then you have been deceived. You've not yet heard Pastor Sam. If you if you don't understand that God is your glory, you've not yet heard me. Hallelujah. So we make our boast in Christ. So the Bible says that let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Not the strong man in his strength. Not the rich man in his riches. But let him who boast, boast in this, that he knoweth and understandeth me, that I am the Lord. Hallelujah. That is what we boast in. That is what we boast in. That's what Paul said, I count all things but dunk for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. I count all things but dunk the degrees. You know, sometimes when I preach like this, or I start talking like that, I say to myself, hey, son, as I'm pursuing this PhD, Oh, by the time I finish and I get that PhD, it is compared to the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. When I'm in the grave, dignity reactions are not going to mean anything. You understand? My bacteria is not going to mean anything. PhD, I, someone on this is not going to mean anything. God is your glory. Hallelujah. He says, glorify me with your own self. That was what the heart of Christ was speaking after. May your heart also speak after that. Hallelujah. And with the glory which I had before the world was. Christ had a certain glory before the world was. Amen. He was the only begotten of the Father. And by him God made all things. Because he was the express image of his person. The radiance, the outshining of the glory of God. Because you could never see God. But Christ was the outshining of the glory of God. How powerful. When we get there, we'll see it. This is what my eyes wants to behold. Hallelujah. This is what my eyes wants to behold. Let's continue with the word. Let's continue. We want to make sure we have exhausted. Oh, it's already 8.54. My goodness, where did the time go? Hallelujah. Listen, listen to verse 6. He says, 
I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them to me, and they have kept thy word. Hallelujah. Amen. I have manifested thy name. Listen to Jesus. I have manifested thy name to the men which thou gavest me out of this world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them to me. And they have kept thy word. Every man that belongs to God keeps his word. Amen. Amen. But every man that belongs to God keeps his word. Hallelujah. That is why you, you keep the word of God. Amen and amen. Amen. How would you know somebody does not belong to Christ? He does not keep the word of Christ. He does not keep the word of God. But you belong to him because you keep God's word. Hallelujah. Amen. And listen to the Jesus said, I have manifested thy name. The Greek word there for name is Onoma. And it's not just your name as in Samuel or Rita or Irene. No. Nowadays we name people and the name does not really reflect who they are. But you see, the name there contains more than just a name by which somebody is called. It actually means I have manifested your person and your character. I have manifested your authority and your excellencies. Hallelujah. That is what Christ manifested on men. So Christ demonstrated the authority of God here on the earth. One time he saw a man sick of palsy. He said, rise up son, your sins have been forgiven you. And the Pharisees just came out. Who is this man that thinks that he has power on earth to forgive sins? And Jesus said, which one is easier to do? To tell him to, that his sins are forgiven or to tell him to rise up from, from, from his bed? And he said, for you to know that the Son of Man has authority on the earth to forgive sins, he said to the man, rise up, take your bed and walk away. And the man rose up and took his bed and walked away. He manifested the authority of God. The Bible says that with the word he cast out the devils and he taught us one with authority. And the people marveled at him and they said, Who is this man? Where did he get his wisdom from? He, he does not teach like the Pharisees. He teaches with authority. Hallelujah. Jesus manifested the authority of the Father. And that same authority has given unto us. He said, Oh, exousia, power is given unto me from above. Go therefore. He said, Behold, I give unto you power. To trample over scorpions and over snakes. That word there is not really power. It's, it's, it's dominion authority. Hallelujah. Dominion authority. That is the word there. Jesus said he has given us dominion authority. So in Christ we also manifest the person, the character, the authority and the excellencies of the Father. Ha, that's why the Bible says in First Peter chapter two verse nine. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, a people set apart to display, to manifest, to show forth, to declare the excellencies and the virtues of the one called you into his glorious called you into the glorious kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's what the Bible says. So, you see, just as Christ manifested the onoma of the Father to the men that were given to him, we also, in Christ, manifest the onoma of the Father, the excellencies, the, domi the dominion authority of the Father. We manifest the person of the Father and the character of the Father. So just like Jesus said that anyone who has seen him has seen God, we can see God in you. Hallelujah. Amen. And we are getting there. Oh, I know you look at yourself and say, well, Pastor Sam, there are some things in my life I don't think they really manifest God. Don't worry, you are getting there. You are working in progress. Don't give up on yourself here because the Holy Ghost has not given up on you. There is going to come a time where you will be like him. The Bible says that in John, in the book of First John, that what manner of love is this? That we should be called the sons of God. And the Bible says that this is why the world does not know us. For it does not yet appear what we shall be like. But when he appears we shall be like him. 
That is your glory. That is where you are getting to. When he appears in glory, you will be like him. Perfect like him. Allow the Holy Ghost to continue to work in you. You are getting there. You see that you are not who you used to be last week. Can you see the glory of God increasing in your life? Can you see that last year, the way you used to talk, that's not the same way you are talking now. Why? Because as you stay in the Word, as you hear the Word of God, the glory of God is increasing in your life. The more of God's character is imbibing. And you are changing from the inside. Can't you see it? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are not the same. Say with me, I'm not the same. I'm not the same. I'm moving from glory to glory. I'm moving from faith. Yes. Yes. Becoming more like him. Hallelujah. Oh, look at our time. Look at our time. Our time is fighting us so hard. When the truth of God's word is also coming out. But I will not mind the time. Hallelujah. Let's go on. Look at verse 7. Look at verse 7. It says, Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. Hallelujah. You see, the Bible says that what do you have that you did not receive from God? Everything you have, you received it from God. So there's no boasting. So Jesus said, Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. That means that Jesus did not receive anything from anywhere. He did not receive any power from anywhere. He did not receive any glory from anywhere, but from the Father only. The Bible says that every good and perfect gift cometh from above. From the Father of lights. Hallelujah. In whom there is no variableness, nor shadow due to turning. Hallelujah. Amen. It cometh from him. In the same way, everything in your life is going to come from God. Don't seek anything anywhere else. If it doesn't come from God, it's going to destroy you. Amen and amen. Look at verse 8. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. What did Jesus give unto them? He gave them the words. The words which the Father gave them. Because it is through the words that they will get to know the Father. In the same way, it is through the words of Christ that will get to know the Father. You cannot know God outside of God's word. It's not possible. That is why the word of God must be paramount in your life. The word of God. Must be paramount in your life. Jesus gave them the word. Jesus gave them the word. Jesus gave them the word. For it was through the word they got to know the Father. In the same way, brethren, we must give the word, the word, the word, the word. God has not sent us out only to just give prophecies to men. No, God sent us out to go and give gifts to no give them the word the word is the only hope of the nations hallelujah jesus gave them the word in the same way we have to give it we have to give the word away that's why here in faith generation the word of god is paramount the word of god is celebrated hallelujah if you ever come and pastor sam is preaching anything other than the word of god suck me from faith generation amen and amen did you hear me? Oh, yes. If you ever come and Pastor Sam is preaching any other thing but the word of God, the word of truth, suck me from faith generation. Amen and amen. Because the spirit of me, I must of necessity testify about the Christ. Hallelujah. 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 Now look at this. Look at this. Now it says, Jesus pray, continue. He says, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them. Oh, I love, I love this. For them which thou hast given me, for they are mine. They say they are thine. Hallelujah. Do you know you belong to God? Jesus says, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given unto me, for they are thine. You know why Jesus was praying for, for, you know, for us? Because we belong to the Father. We are the fathers. We are his. Hallelujah. So he has special care concerning us. 
If only you knew how much of the love of God is directed toward you, you will stop looking down on yourself. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Look at this. It says, And all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I'm glorified in them. Hallelujah. If you belong to Jesus, you belong to God. If you belong to God, you belong to Jesus. There is no distinction because Jesus came from the Father. Verse 11, And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee. Holy Father, keep them, keep through thy own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are one. Hallelujah. Amen. What was the prayer of Jesus? He says, Holy Father, keep through thy name. Keep through thy name. How is God keeping you, the believer? He's keeping you through his name. That's why the Bible says that the name of the Lord is what? A strong power. The name of the Lord is what? A strong power. The righteous run into it and they are what? Safe. I want to tell you something. In the Old Testament, you have to run into the name of the Lord. In the New Testament, you dwell in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. His name is upon you. You don't run into the name. You are in the name. So you are being kept by the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, there is a keeping through the name. There is a keeping through the name. Why? Because the name is not just some distinguishing um, what identity. No, it is, it, it is the name. Like I explained to you. The dominion authority of God is keeping you. That is what is keeping you. As a believer here on the earth. And that's why Jesus prayed. He says, keep through your name. Keep through your name. When you wake up and you pray, you say, Father, I thank you. That I'm kept by the power of your name. Hallelujah. That should be your consciousness as a believer. That should be your consciousness. Hallelujah. Now let's move forward. Oh, Jesus. I want, I want to make sure I go through everything here. While I was with them in the world, Jesus telling the Father, I kept them in thy name. How did Jesus keep the believers when he was here in the world? He kept them in the name of the Father. Those thou hast thou givest me, I have kept. And none of them is lost but the son of perdition. And now I come to thee. And these things I speak in the world that they might have my joy fulfilled themselves. I have given them thy word. Look at it again. What did Jesus give to them? The word of the Father. And the world had hated them. Because they are not of the world even as I am not of the world. Listen. Anytime you receive the word, it makes you an enemy of your world. Wherein you live. The word of God automatically makes you an enemy of the world. Because the word is opposed to the word. The spirit of the word is in sharp contrast. To the spirit of the world. Hallelujah. So anytime you receive the word, be ready for opposition. Be ready for opposition. They will hate you. Because of the word you have received. Hallelujah. When the whole world loves you, it means you have not received the word. But if you have truly received the word of the Lord, they will hate you. Hallelujah. Jesus said, because they are not of this world. Even as I am not of this world. I pray not that you should take them out of this world, but that you should keep them from evil. This was the prayer of Jesus for us. And I want to ask you a question. Did God answer this prayer? Did God answer this prayer, brethren? Did God answer this prayer? Please, it's not a rhetorical question. I need an answer. Did God answer this prayer? Hallelujah. Or should I call someone? I don't want to mention any name. I said, did God answer this prayer? Oh, big generation. What is happening now? Nobody is answering me. Did God answer the prayer of Jesus? That he should keep us from evil. Did God answer that prayer? <laughs> He's so open. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Look, 
God, God answered. He kind of is answering. He has answered. He has answered. Yes. Listen. God has answered this prayer already. Amen. 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 Meaning that, meaning that, God is obligated to Christ. Listen, God is obligated to the Son to keep you from evil. Hallelujah. That's why the Bible says, That dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And he continues to say that you will not fear what the terror by night. He says you will not fear what the terror by night. Some, some believers are, are being terrorized by demonic spirits. Must rise up in the name of Jesus and rebuke them. He says, for the pestilence that stalks in darkness. That means that the pestilence is coming, but it is hiding in darkness. He says that you will not fear that one. Nor the distraction that wastes at noonday. Hallelujah. You will not fear those things. Those kinds of evil the Lord is keeping you from. And if any evil should come your way, you should know that God has purposed it for your glory. That's what the Bible says. All things work together for them that love God and are called according to his purpose. Because what may look like evil in your eyes is not really evil in God's eyes. It is part of the plan. In the life of Christ, Pilate had to crucify him. Peter had to deny him. They looked evil. Evil circumstances looked like they were befalling Christ, but they were part of the plan of God. Hallelujah. So nothing comes your way that God does not know. It's part of it to bring God's glory in your life. Nothing can destroy you. Hallelujah. It's keeping you from evil. Hallelujah. He says, they are not of the world. This is what Jesus is saying concerning you. You are not of the world. Say, I'm not of the world. Hallelujah. I am not of the world. He says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is what? Truth. Listen, daily in your life as a believer, God is sanctifying you. How does he do it? Through his truth. Through his truth. You see, when you study God's word, you are studying what we call the graphy. The graphy is the raw scriptures. As you study, you come to the knowledge of truth. By the spirit of truth. Amen. So the fact that you read the Bible does not mean you come to the knowledge of truth. The knowledge of truth has to be revealed to you. And as it is revealed to you, you are sanctified by it. That is why... As shepherds, God has placed us here to teach the truth, the truths of God's word. So that through the teaching of the God's truth, as you hear them, you are sanctified by them. Hallelujah. I'm going to stop here. Amen. Because of time. And we are going to continue next week. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word. Thy word. Thy word. Thy word is what? Truth. Thy word is truth. The word of God is true. And is the agent of sanctification in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Jesus said, you have been cleansed through the words I have spoken unto you. As, we, as you are hearing the word of God right now, do you know what is happening? There is a washing of water by the word upon your spirit, man. In the realm of the spirit. The word of God is coming like water. It is washing your spirit, man. It is washing your mind. It is washing you. It is sanctifying you. It is consecrating you. That is what is happening in the realm of the spirit. You don't see it, but it is happening. Hallelujah. That is what we call the ministry of the word. It has a sanctifying power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We give glory to God. Wow. What a blessing. What a blessing. You want to lift up your voice and begin to bless the name of the Lord and just begin to thank Him tonight. Just begin to bless Him. What what promises we found in the word of God? Lift up your voice and begin to bless the name of God. Come on. Lift up your voice. 